This is Juanita coming to you today for a minute. I'm going to bring uh, my uh, my buddy Jackson on in just a second, but I wanted to clear up some um, some misleading information about the whole Breonna uh, Taylor uh, case. There was just a lot of just a lot of misinformation out there. I wanted to start off um, and just talk about the Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron himself. He was very selective in what information. Um, he released to the point of misleading the public about key facts in the case. And that alone raised some questions about whether the grand jury was all also misled. Kenneth Walker, who was in the apartment with her, who fired at the police during the raid, is demanding that the Attorney General Cameron release the evidence that was presented to the grand jury. The police was extremely sloppy. The warrant services were reckless, um, and Brianna is dead be because of a cascade of errors, bad judgment, and dereliction on duty, of duty. And it's important that the record on this be clear. It absolutely was a no-knock warrant. It says so right on the warrant. <laughs> um, the portion of the warrant authorizing a no-knock entry cited only cut and pasted information from the four other warrants that were part of the same investigation. This is a violation of a requirement set by the Supreme Court that a no-knock warrant should be granted when police can present evidence that a particular suspect is a risk to shoot at police or destroy evidence if they knock and announce. They were told after the fact to disregard the no-knock portion and instead knock and announce themselves because by that point, Someone had determined that Taylor was a soft target, not a threat, and not a major player in the drug investigation. But there are problems with that account. Um, if she was, if Breonna Taylor was a soft target, why not surround the house, get on a megaphone, and ask her to come out with her hands up? Why still take down her door with a battery ram? Of the warrant in the middle of the night, the police knocked and announced themselves and a witness heard. That's another thing that the police said happened. It was probably the most frustrating part of Attorney General Cameron's press event. He cited a single witness who claimed to have heard the officers identify themselves as police. Taylor's lawyers um, around June, who at the time had interviewed 11 of her neighbors, many lived in the same apartment building as Taylor. And according to her lawyers, no neighbor heard an announcement. The New York Times interviewed 12 neighbors. They found one, just one who heard an announcement, and he only heard one announcement. He also told the New York Times that with all the commotion, it was entirely possible that Walker and Taylor didn't hear the announcement. General Cameron, he neglected to mention any of that in his press event. A CNN interview, um, Kenneth Walker's attorney, um, or reminds, said that the witness who Cameron was, was referring to, the attorney general Cameron was re referring to, initially said he did not hear the police announce themselves, and he repeated that assertion in a second interview. It was only after his third interview that he finally said he heard an announcement that Cameron neglected to mention for 30 to 45 seconds. Um, Therefore, this is something else that they said happened. Kenneth Walker had admitted that the police pounded on the door for 30 to 45 seconds. Therefore, by definition, this was not a no-knock raid. So with a few exceptions, when conducting a raid, government agents 
must knock and announce their presence and purpose and give anyone inside the opportunity to let the officers in peacefully, thus avoiding violence to their person and destruction of the property. If the police simply pounded on the door for 45 seconds and never appropriately announced themselves, that's even worse than not, not knocking at all. It's likely um, made Walker even more fearful that the people outside the door were there to do harm to him and Breonna Taylor. And so people are saying, okay, well, if the police say they announced themselves and one neighbor heard it, then they probably did. So what if the other neighbors didn't hear it? They were probably asleep. The entire purpose of a knock and announce requirement is to provide ample notice to the people inside the home the police are trying to enter. If the police didn't yell loudly and clearly who they were, loud enough for the people inside to hear, the knock and announce portion is rendered meaningless. And the entire action becomes no different than a no-knock raid. We saw the New York Times reported the officers on the raid were trained by a man who, oddly enough, is now president of the Louisville City Council. During his 19-year career as a police officer, he had instructed recruits at the local training academy about dynamic entry, especially when executing a warrant at night. He told the paper to yell police at the top of their lungs, specifically so the occupants would not mistake them for an intruder. That clearly did not happen. People were saying was that Breonna Taylor was not asleep in her bed when she was shot. That actually is true. And it's also true that many media reports and activists stated that she was. I'm not exactly sure because I actually thought she was asleep as well. I'm not exactly sure what difference that makes. Um, she and Walker were in their bed when the police began pounding on the door. They were awakened at 1240 a.m. There's every reason to believe Walker when he says that they were frightened, especially when he already had stated that her ex-boyfriend was in to shady things. And that's why he had protection for saying the man who shot at police, Breonna Taylor's boyfriend, was also a drug dealer. And he was not named on any of the in investigation documents on any of the warrants. He wasn't named in any. A few people have pointed out to a leaked police memo that includes quotes from Glover taken from recorded phone conversations at the jail as proof that the two knew one another, meaning him and Walker. The Louisville police themselves have said the leaked memo was an early unverified draft um, written mid-investigation, that these quotes were taken out of context and that they were being used is deeply misleading. For example, Glover said Walker was also in jail. He was because police had arrested him after the raid. So he wasn't in jail on those recordings because information to form the case, so they say. Uh, another thing people were talking about was that Breonna Taylor's ex-boyfriend implicated her in his drug deal. In the warrant that some have said implicated Taylor, um, in December of 2016, they said she rented a car, then loaned it to Glover. He then loaned it to a man involved in his drug dealing, and that, that man was later found dead in the car. But police who investigated were satisfied that Taylor had no knowledge of the murder or how Glover had used the car when she loaned it to him. The other incident occurred two months before the raid when Glover retrieved a package he had ordered delivered to Taylor's home. The police claimed a postal inspector told them this package was suspicious. The postal inspector later said he had no record of that. According to attorneys for Taylor's family, the package contained clothes and shoes. Some have again pointed to that leaked memo in which Glover seemed to suggest storing money at Taylor's apartment, 
but the police found no cash in the apartment. Glover has also since publicly said that Taylor had no involvement in his drug dealing, and he may have had some incentive to say otherwise. In July, attorneys for Taylor's family said prosecutors presented Glover with a plea bargain that listed Taylor as a co-defendant, suggesting that he get reduced charges if he implicated her. Prosecutors say the plea deal was just a draft, though Taylor's family's attorneys say the claim is dubious. So, okay. Now let's talk about the warrant. The judge who signed the warrant is not to blame. That's what people are saying. The warrant in this case was signed by Louisville Circuit Judge Mary Shaw. One of Shaw's fellow judges defended accusations that she had uh, rubber stamped the warrant. I mean, Judge Charles L. Cunningham wrote that affidavits are excruciatingly detailed. You can all see just from Google. The portion of the warrant affidavit that requested a no-knock raid was the exact same language used in the other four warrants that were for the properties 10 miles away from drug dealers are dangerous and might dispose of evidence if police knock and announce. It contained no um, information as to why Taylor herself was dangerous or presented such a threat. At that, according to the Supreme Court, is not sufficient to grant a no-knock warrant. Yes, Shaw granted it anyway. But she did not ask for more evidence in the no-knock portion, and she should have. If Kenneth Walker hadn't shot at the cops, Breonna Taylor would still be alive. Walker admits he first fired. He, Walker admitted that he fired first, but he says he fired only after he and Taylor repeatedly asked who was pounding at the door and got no answer. And after a battering ram busted open the door, if Walker reasonably believed that the men breaking into the apartment were not police, he had every right to defend himself and take later determined that police had failed to properly identify themselves, which would make this a no-knock raid, and the no-knock portion of the warrant was later determined to be illegal, which it was. That's how the law works. But there is every reason to believe Walker did not know the men outside the door were police. Walker is not a criminal. There were no drugs in the house. You don't need a license to have a gun in a private home in Kentucky, but Walker had gone the extra step to obtain a concealed carry license. Kentucky changed his law in 2019 and no longer requires a license for concealed carry either. This isn't something hardened criminals hell-bent on killing cops tend to do. Neither is calling 911, which Walker also did. The Attorney General Cameron's statements gives the implication that Walker should have known that the men were police. But if police and prosecutors truly believe that Walker knew or should have known that the raiding men were police, they would have prosecuted Walker for knowingly trying to kill them. Police, they don't take that sort of thing lightly. They did arrest him for firing at the officers, but they later dropped those charges and released him. That speaks volumes. The really sad part about all of this is that the Attorney General Cameron his misleading statements about the witness who heard the police announce, along with the fact that Walker fired first, has led numerous of people to put blame for Taylor's death on Walker. To put her death on him only adds to the pain and grief that the Taylor family is going through. It's just incredibly cruel. Another thing that came up, this question here concerns the investigation itself and why these officers were asked to serve a warrant on Taylor's home in the first place. There's the lie about postal inspection. Um, there's the fact that despite the surveillance on Taylor's home, the police didn't know there was another person inside. There are police bullets that were inadvertently fired into surrounding apartments. There's the cut and paste language used to secure the no-knock portion of the warrant. 
there's also the fact that officer who procured the warrant was not part of the raid team. So the officer who got the warrant from the judge wasn't even at the address when they raided her apartment. There's the fact that five officers involved in the Taylor raid were involved in another violent botched raid on an innocent family in 2018 for warrant service. Louisville police fill out a risk matrix to determine whether to bring in a SWAT team. A case has to meet a minimum score before determining whether SWAT will be used. Done in conjunction with the Glover investigation did use SWAT, which also means police ensure there are ambulance and medical personnel nearby. They make sure that if something happens, they have medical emergency there. The irony in the Taylor, she was not deemed threatening enough to marry the SWAT team. Instead, she was subject to all of those dangerous aspects of a SWAT raid undertaken by officers in street clothes. There were no medics nearby. In fact, an ambulance on standby was told to leave the scene an hour before the raid. After she was shot, Taylor lay in her house for 20 minutes before receiving any medical attention. And there are more questions in the middle of the night on the witness um, to an investigation. Why did the police alter the times on the reports? The most recent activity involving Taylor on the search warrant was in January. Why wait until March to serve a warrant on her apartment? Why didn't police do any further investigation to better establish how involved in the drugs consp conspiracy Taylor really was? To simply blow this off as a tragedy for which no one is to blame is an insult to life and legacy of Taylor and her family, but also to the dozens of innocent people who have been gunned down in their own home before her. And the effort by A.G. Cameron and others to make all this go away by feeding the public half-truths that blame the victims in this story, Taylor Walker, for Taylor's death is inexcusable. We all could prevent the next Breonna Taylor. Um, we could ban forced entry raids to serve warrants. We could hold judges accountable for, for signing warrants that don't pass constitutional muster. We could demand that police officers wear body cameras during these raids to hold them accountable and that they be adequately punished when they fail to activate them. We could do a lot to make sure there are no more Breonna Taylors. The question is whether we want to. Hey, Juanita, how's it going? How's it going, Jackson? How's it going? Everything's uh, good on my end. Yeah, yeah, you know, pretty good. Personally, state of the affairs of the world, not so much, but, you know, we push okay. through. I, I, speaking of affairs of the world, I called you about this whole Breonna Taylor going on in uh, mm. Louisville tonight. You know, you get on social media and you just you just see people making comments and you're just, I'm flabbergasted by some of them. Yeah, it can be demoralizing to watch yeah. people say things and, and have no level of sensitivity about what's going on. And then for them to be so woefully uh, misguided and misdirected in the things that they're saying too, it's, it's depressing actually, you know, it's really depressing. And it's as if they have to pick a side, like, oh, I have to pick a side because if I say what happened to this girl, is just ridiculous, immoral, and every cop that was on the scene that night should be fired and probably prosecuted. Then yeah. I'm going against all cops instead of just the few bad ones that was associated with this case. It's like people just can't say that. I don't think that all cops are bad. Right, right. Well, I think that I think that one of the seminal points that we can't overlook when we talk about things like this about, you know, 
good police versus bad police, there's never a willingness to acknowledge that bad police even exist. So that kind of makes, and that, and that's a, that's a, that's something that comes from both the general public of people that are well protected by the police, but also from the very police, you know, it's very difficult to get police to acknowledge that there are bad police. And even, even when defending, um, the, um, the officer that, uh, was indicted, uh, Brett Hankerson or Hankinson, um, a lot of people's argument with what people are saying about him was, well, he's not the one that killed Breonna Taylor. Right. Um, it, ballistics um, evidence proved that no bullets that were in her body came from his gun. And I mean, I get it, you know, but on the same token, he did not, he didn't try not to kill <laughs> Breonna Taylor. You know, he didn't try not to kill anybody in that apartment. They were just shooting. Right, that's what they got in for the one endangerment. But my, but my response to that is, one of them did shoot her. So why is he absolved from how? He called how? Yeah. How? how? This just doesn't make sense. Right, right. We're not addressing the fact that they shot into an apartment and then left without controlling the scene or mm-hmm. without uh, administering some CPR Nothing. or without or without, you know, all these types of things, you know, we're not going to acknowledge that they served a warrant looking for things and, and, and claiming that these were certain kind of people, but yet not finding the guns and the drugs and all this, you know, corroborating evidence to, to kind of pin this, you know, faux identity on these people that they said that they were uh, accountable for. I mean, it's just weird. It's not, and, it's and- not weird. It's very, it's very typical for the types of things and types of treatment, I suppose that black people always, you know, talk right. about as the police. And then, and then you kind of get that people aren't really reading the information. They're just like taking the officer's word for it, who, who no one had any body cameras on. Um, so which they're is just, always a red, which is always a super, super red flag. If there's one time when you think, when you would imagine that all officers would have body cams on, it's when serving a no-knock warrant. Like, why, Like, there's literally no reason for you not to have a body camera on when you're in the middle of darkness serving a no-knock warrant. But in, they have a leaked um, Louisville Metro Police Department memo that showed that the memo was written several weeks after her death. Of course. And it, it, yeah, and it included details that that wasn't even provided in to the judge in the search warrant right. application, as well as evidence that came to light after her death. And it that's what prompted everyone to kind of slam the the police department as trying to smear her to justify her death in the raid that they just totally botched. Right. Right. So, but people are saying, so they want to go back to, because I, I was talking to someone today, of course, a Caucasian person, they didn't even understand that it was two different men. Like the guy who shot back at the police was her current boyfriend. And they came to her house about some information with an ex guy that she used to date. Like right. She wasn't even dealing with him anymore, but because they had some jail, supposedly some jailhouse recording of that guy telling someone else, that she was holding some money for him, they decided to 
bring her along in it and, and what look for him there. It just seems so, I don't know, ill-planned on how they were going about trying to get him. And her life just, it wasn't worth this this degree of ill-gotten information that they got trying to bring one person down and screw everybody else. Right, right. And know. even when, when he said, oh, okay, well, you know, she's holding what, eight to 12 grand for him. I was like, okay, that's not even, that's not even enough money for anything. Like eight grand, eight to 12 grand, you, you can't, um, you can't be convicted of money laundering for, for eight to 12 grand. Yeah. I don't, you, you, yeah. I don't know what the statute is on that amount of money. It doesn't seem like a lot of money for somebody to, you know, go after in the middle of the night with drawn guns at someone's home like you're finding a dangerous kingpin. Yeah. That's a that's enough, you know eight eight to twelve grand, that's not even a that's that's the tiniest drug operation I've ever heard somebody putting a right, whole right, squad right. squad on, you know, yeah, yeah, to go yeah. off go after in the middle of the night and but and, can we talk about can we talk about something that I don't think we talk about enough how you kind of feel like sometimes police officers are playing wild cowboy and they're getting excited about you know, these types of things. Like, like I don't even understand how you call this a, a, a sting operation for that amount of money. You, mm-hmm. you, you have to, you, these things have to make sense. You understand mm-hmm. what I mean? When you mm-hmm. go into somebody's house and risk the lives of the people in the house, risk mm-hmm. the lives of the police officers who are going through this, all of this quote unquote man hour and, and stuff like this. And then they didn't even go there with a large crew of people. How do you, I don't understand how you storm into someone's house with that small amount of support for what you're doing. You know, it's, there's just so many, there's so many things that, that scream irresponsibility, whether or not it's in line with what you are allowed to do as a police officer, that's Mm -hmm. kind of immaterial. There comes a point when you have to be thinking in terms of like, what makes the most sense for all parties involved? Okay, is this the safest way for me to go in? Is this the safest way for me to go in and handle people in their houses? It it screams to me uh, a game of cops and robbers that Mm -hmm. a lot of police officers enjoy playing. And I've seen it for myself. There's a there's a level of enjoyment that comes with being in a position of dominance and authority and and uh and like a physical superiority over people when you are outnumbering them outgunning them and outmanning them it just feels like a game like a game that people play that they want to just go in and you know roust people up and you know you know what i came up with when i listened to everything and put it all together what's that i said they listening to surveillance calls from the jail this guy tells somebody else that hey this girl my ex-girl she's holding about 12k for me these cops got together because they're just dirty cops everywhere and said, hey, we can go pick up three, four K each tonight. Right. Right. Bust into this woman's house, get the money. And we all got about four K each. And then we didn't count on her having a current boyfriend with a gun. So right. then somebody died. And then we got to figure out and explain why we were Wait there with no body cameras, with um, with a, a shoddy uh, warrant, you know. You have to explain all this. And the only thing to me that made sense was they were going to go get that money for yeah. themselves. And, and let me and- say this to you, Juanita, because we are, I think it's important that we mention that obviously we're both black people. 
right. we have such a different perspective and experience, not just a perspective that is built on, see, we don't just have ex- experiences that are built on, uh, on television shows and movies. We have experiences that are built on years and years of walking this earth as black people and right. seeing police officers do things that mm-hmm. are quite, uh, quite questionable and questionable and mm-hmm. we've seen these things so when we make these sorts of speculative claims it's not coming from an experience that we haven't seen things like this before you know mm-hmm. so i have seen police officers do uh underhand things with black people to mm-hmm. where my trust for them does not extend the way it does for some of my white counterparts because they might hear us talking in this moment at this time and say oh here they go with these wild goose chase stories about corrupt cops and things like mm-hmm. that. Like, I'm, no, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not just saying this because it sounds good. I'm saying this because, you know, I've been around enough encounters with police officers to where I've seen them do things that I deem to be very, very underhand, you know, and, and do things that are in an attempt to escalate problems and not de-escalate problems. Well, I mean, at, at this point, I'm going to go with, I feel like I have a logical brain. You know, and and everything that is thrown at me just because they are civil servants of the law doesn't mean I'm just going to buy it. Right, right. You have to ask questions, man. You have to ask questions. And and I tell you this, if it was three or four black cops that busted in on a white guy and shot him and his wife dead, guess what? It'd be a whole lot of questions. We would have, and they they said they didn't have their body cameras on. We would have had a whole different scenario different here. Set of scenarios. That's right. And, I and we would have had a lot more answers than we have right now. Right. One right. of the points that, that sticks with me is the fact that this was a sting operation for 12K. They, they, they jumped in there. They killed this girl. And guess what? There was no money. There was no drugs. There was nothing that they no found illegal, in that body. No illegal. Nothing. Arms, nothing. 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 The only thing that they, they found in that body in that in that uh apartment when they went in was that dead body that they put in there. That's right. it. And let me then and let me, oh, oh I'm sorry, go ahead. Then you you hear people say, Well, they only shot in the apartment because he shot back. I find that hard to believe. And if that's the case, if the police did announce themselves and Kenneth fired after they made the announcement then his charges of attempted murder towards the police would have never been dropped. They would have never been dropped. They would have never so, been dropped. So there's because a lot in this of, case that just doesn't add up. Yeah, that's not a degree of placating that police officers would right. ever allow just on the stance of their police unions, uh, on their relationships with district attorneys. They would never allow someone to shoot unprovoked or unsolicited at police officers and not either kill that person or have that person be fully prosecuted by police. That's just the, and that's the stance that police officers should take. I'm not even begrudging them for having that kind of stance. But my point is, is that in the converse, when you are the ones with the guns and the badges, you have to be held to that same standard because also, a police officer has, a, has police officers have district have have relationships with district attorneys, and they are going to say to this attorney, like, "How can you expect me to trust you if you're going to let this person shoot to kill me and not press charges against them?" You understand? That's how right. those relationships work. There's no way I've never heard of a situation where police would ever allow something like that. That's what their police unions are for, right? Those not on. Right. And and another thing, the warrant that they said they had um, to go to her apartment, um, the timestamp doesn't match the date she was killed. Yeah. All warrants are included in discovery on any 
murder case. Right. Well, we, we know that a large part of the reason why a settlement was reached in the way that it was, was to undercut any kind of greater, exp not explanation, but any greater uh, investigation that would have revealed some greater details and discovery. So that's my feeling on it. So, you know, <clears throat> but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, all this legal mumbo jumbo and jargon aside, these types of things, there is no gray area in these types of instances when white people are, are, are hurt or assaulted or killed by police. If those things do happen in the rare occasions of those things happen, you never have this degree of, uh, of, uh, sophistry or confusion mm -hmm. or or you know examining of the greater details and the letter of the law these are things that are never done when white people are in these kind of situations because you never. understand that you have to answer and atone for destroying harming or hurting white lives because they're viewed as being more valuable this is why people say black lives have to matter it's not about some sort of website or some group or some ideology. It is about the simple understanding that as a human being, black lives matter. And they should always matter just as much as everyone else's lives. Speaking of black lives matter, I find it so police stops. All of a sudden, people are trying to make black lives matter a terrorist group. Um, yeah. a Marxist organization, a communist. communist organization, you know, oh, they're trying to take over the world. I mean, they didn't give this much. Um, they didn't do this with the KKK and they still breathing and living. And well, yeah, well, I don't free. That's because that's well, maybe, maybe because the people that are in the KKK are the same people who exactly know, are in these exactly. other forms as well. So that's a pretty easy understanding right there. I think that I think that it's just another attempt to undercut. Like, listen, I don't I don't subscribe to any kind of like political ideology that would associate me with an organization called Black Lives Matter. It is just a simple slogan that reflects how I feel about black people. My life matters. Yeah. I'm My a black people, so I should be concerned so, about so 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 about black people. Right. So even if I changed it and went away from saying black lives matter and and, and I said black people matter, they would still find a way to mm -hmm. under that too. So it's really no so the people that would go so far as to drill into something as though there is some political leaning, uh, mm -hmm. political action group that is trying to take over politics and take over the world. Listen, no one cares about that. No one cares about that. Not one iota. People care about black folks not being killed with impunity by law enforcement. Correct. You know, and the very people that are paid and 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 trained and sworn to protect and serve my community are the ones that are hunting and assaulting in my community you know right. so and that's 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 all you're saying black people matter if i you know even if i because because let's say that they you know their people are unnerved by because there's a political affiliation or some doctrine that is assigned to a political group called black lives matter which right. no one gives a shit about all right let's just right. be frank let's be frank about that no one cares yeah. about that at all no one cares about it at all but if i just want to start saying you know what black folks matter Old black folks, young black folks, women right. black folks, men black folks, black folks matter. And we ought to be protected and served by the police like everybody else. Those same people would find something to, to drum up about that. They would I have agree. something about that. So so it's it's kind of like a, a mute point trying to make that conveyance to other people who would who would talk about Marxism 
and talk about yeah. uh, and talk about communism. These people don't even know who Karl Marx is, and they don't know what Marxism is. And they can't even articulate for you why it is wrong or why it is beneficial or why it's problematic or anything. They can't tell mm-hmm. you. They just, you know, uh, yeah. you know, read some kind of headline that made them feel like this was a this was a this was an infallible point that I can stick to. Right. At the end of the day, um, Black Lives Matter, people look at the founders and it's Alicia, Patrice and Opal. I think Patrice was the one who said that she was a trained Marxist. I don't care about that shit. I don't care about any of that. At the end of the day, she took a stand and said, you know what? Black people and, and brown people on that are getting killed by police, we need to bring attention to that because right. Right. It's, it's, it's not right and we need someone to help us. That's the only thing. If, if you got from that, oh my God, she's a trained Marxist, I don't know what's wrong with you. Well, I know what's wrong with you. <laughs> I know. You're, you're generally a bigot. And you're just looking for reasons to not apply a standard of humanity and decency on black people evenly. The, the idea that people expect black folks in particular to be perfect and living the saintly, godly life mm-hmm. in order to not be murdered by police mm-hmm. is absurd. It's absolutely absurd. It's like saying that uh, your child deserved like i can't give your child any consideration on their suspension at school because he's already got a d in math you understand like i'm going to suspend him for being late or for walking out of a smoky bathroom even though he wasn't the one they're smoking because i know he's a bad kid anyway because he got a d in math that's that's the equivalent of saying that like he doesn't deserve any kind of consideration about whether or not he was really the one in there smoking in the smoking cigarettes in the bathroom in his high school i don't that doesn't matter because he's got a d in math so like he's a bad student and a bad person anyway so I, it doesn't matter i'm not gonna i'm just gonna suspend him now because he's a bad person you see that's the absurdity of what we're talking about but you can't help people like that you know and, and this is this is what we i think we've talked about this before you cannot you cannot convince people who are already convinced to be against you you understand? They've convinced themselves to be against you. So it's, it's you know, you have to, there are some fair-minded people in this world that are confused. And those fair-minded people can be brought to a greater understanding. I give, listen, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died recently. We talked about this and we talked about who she was and her impact on American culture and all the great things she's done. She was initially an outspoken detractor of what Colin Kaepernick was doing, right? Mm-hmm. He was because she didn't understand it. She didn't know much about it. She just saw him kneeling. She thought it was a publicity stunt. She didn't really understand what was being said in that moment. Moment, but I give her a lot of credit for being, especially for being an older person, because older people are generally very stuck in their ways, right? I give her a lot of credit for having the wherewithal to retract what she said, say, you know what? I should not have said that. I was not fully aware of what he was doing. It was not my place to speak on it. And I wish that I could take that back. I apologize. I should not have said that. I should have just de- deferred or, or declined to answer a question when asked about it because it's out of my wheelhouse and definitely out of my lane as a Supreme Court justice to speak on. Okay. Those are people that I personally respect. I respect people who can, who can, who can make, uh, a statement, a strong statement 
to counter something when they feel like they have been out of pocket or feel like they've been wrong. And I don't just say that to people because you have kowtowed to an opinion that I agree with. I say that because there is dignity in acknowledging that you have made a mistake and that you should not have done something. Okay, and that's the dignity that like we talked about in the very beginning of this call that we lack in police forces because they work on a system of no matter what I have done, I'm going to fight to the nth degree to justify it instead of applying a sense of rule and fairness and accountability, because, you know, that's just something that we're not going to do, especially as it pertains to black people. It's depressing. It is. It is very it's, depressing because you wonder where we're going. But, you know, I, I, I try to let me ask you this. Have you found yourself protecting your space by, especially on social media, by removing yourself from people who take a hard line stance in opposition of the dignity of black lives? Have you found yourself you know, engaging in those conversations with people because you feel like you can make a difference with them? Or have you found yourself entirely removing yourself from the space of association with those people? I think it's, I think it's not so much as I think that I can make a difference, but just sure being pissed off, you know, I'll comment and say that that's Mm -hmm. just ridiculous on so many levels. And, and I always try to put the facts in there because a lot of people that are opposed to it um, online are are not putting facts up. They're just kind of talking out the side of their mouth saying, you know, well, he shot first and the, the officers have to protect themselves and they announce themselves. And it's it's like, okay, I hate this, this, the same, the same scenario of the police officers are telling the truth and the, the people involved with the police officer are all liars. You know, all the time. I, I, all the time. I, I I I'm so tired of that narrative. Like the officers wouldn't dare lie. Um, in this particular case, um, they have a timestamp on everything that happened that night. And when you look at the timestamp, none of what the police officer says makes sense. None of it. None of it. It just doesn't, they say happen. Um, and it's like, even, even it's, it's just, it's so much. And for people to defend that because they're officers, you know, and if, and if the officers are wrong, then the black people are right. And we can't have that. We, we can't have them being right. We can't have them with a reason to be upset with our laws. Right. You know, right. Or how we run government or, you know, they only want us to get a couple of couple of steps in. And when we get in too far into the room, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you see that with, with how our, our country is run. Yeah, um, absolutely. So when I see people posting stuff, I can't just say I'm going to log off and not say anything because I feel like if it was my kids, I want someone to, to speak up for them. I want someone to defend them. And so I don't. I don't back off. Um, I go head to head. I continue putting the correct information out there. And you'll notice when people have nothing positive to say, they have no correct information to shoot back at you. So they just, they go to attack. Right, right. My, you know, I find myself doing a couple of things. I find myself generally, when I encounter people like this, that that expose themselves with these types of uh, inhumane 
sorts of reactions. I find myself uh, disappointed, but then distancing myself from those people entirely. But but there are there are occasions I'm not immune to uh, being in situations, especially on uh, news outlet pages where you get into conversations or debates with people who are who are just uh, on the wrong side of uh, black dignity and human decency. And, uh, you know, I try not to do a lot of that because you have to I try to very quickly assess whether or not this is somebody who has something meritable to say or whether or not there's somebody who's just there to undercut. And I think one of the things that that people don't understand about the offense, I don't have a problem with people having a different opinion, but I but I have a huge problem with antagonists. OK, I, I, I always say I don't like people, especially men. I don't like people who talk sassy on the Internet. I hate that. And I also evaluate people on whether or not you can take a tone of other people's suffering and know when it's time to shut up about it and not say something. Even if you had a a perspective that was against the idea that Breonna Taylor's murderers should be held accountable, right? I don't know that when people are at their emotional peak is the time for you to come in and be an antagonist for those points of view, you know, and you should, and you, because as, as a human being, you, you have to be able to handle it, say, handle it from a perspective that, Hey, uh, you know, I know everybody's upset and I can understand where people are hurt and afraid and uh, feeling disconnected from the justice system and disenfranchised. But I actually think this was a good judgment for this, that, and the third. But when people just come in and they start to wave their flag of, see, we knew she was a drug dealer and we knew he was a jailbird. And you got, you know, just say all these types of things. That is taking a knife in someone's wound and twisting it and pouring salt mm-hmm. in it and things like that. And that is an act of uh, indecency and inhumanity. And those are things that, um, that you have to really be on the watch for people. Those are just indecent people. And you can't really, you can't really make points with indecent people. Going back to this Breonna Taylor thing, one thing that I just found so eye-opening for me was the three officers that were on their secret sting ra- uh, raid. Um, when they said that they thought that she would be home alone and they didn't know that Kenneth Walker was there with her. Yeah. I can't that... how great of a sting y'all were running if you didn't know these things. And then they said they were watching her window and they saw that the TV was on and that she was in her room. But her and the the guy, Kenneth, if they were watching her, her home, they had just got in at 9 p.m. that night, 9 p.m. from, from dinner at a steakhouse mm-hmm. uh, restaurant. And I'm thinking, well, when did they start watching her apartment? Right, exactly. <clears throat> Which makes you feel I mean, what, the story was yeah. a lie. Yeah. It was a lie, which which takes me back to these three cops got together and they went to go try to get them some quick cash. And that's all I'm going to say yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, I, listen, man, I don't, <laughs> don't want to over-speculate that far, but what you say is not, it's not far-fetched. Like I said, Mm-mm. you know, uh, Black folks who have lived long enough have known enough people and or either had enough personal experience or known enough people who've had very... Uh, very unsavory and shady experiences with police officers to where these things are not far-fetched. It's just, uh, 
It's just part of what we deal with. Consider this. Consider this. I've heard people say, well, what is she doing talking to drug dealers? Do you have any idea how many black people have been arrested and put in jail for petty offenses over things like pills or drugs or mar- just simple things like marijuana? Like it, you can't over incarcerate people and then get mad when those people who are ex-felons have had associations with people who are not felons. Like, what are you talking about? Like you've arrested such a high percentage of an urban community of a black community. Then you vilify the people that they speak to when they get out. Yeah. Think about that for a second. Yeah. You know, like, so, so, so you arrest my sister or you arrest my cousin or you arrest my elementary school classmate. Okay, and when they get out of these places of incarceration and the community tries to open a door of welcoming to them, you immediately assume or immediately vilify or criminalize the people that welcome them with open arms or try to, you know, cut down on a recidivity rate. So it's just like you're you're looking for reasons to criminalize and demonize more black folks. Yeah. So I'm not. And, and then and here's the and thing, then naive enough to say that she may not have had an association with these people that may not have been always the most savory thing. That does not lead you to a justification for the acts that follow. It just does not. I well, mean, if you if you, if anybody I'm, ends up doing a movie, right? Just know, just know this: that the the sting operation, the big sting operation with all of the cops was going on 10 miles away on the other side of town right. where they actually arrested Glover, right. where they actually got drugs, where they actually got cash, where they actually got everything they were looking for. Right, right. 10 miles away from where these three cops went rogue. Three and police I still, officers. Three police Three officers. police officers who were in on the first raid decided, you know what, we're going to go to this other apartment just in case. No, they said, you know what, you guys got this. We want to pick up four grand so we can have in our little savings account. We're going to go pick it up from her and get it and, and have a little money on the side. I'm going to keep saying that until people start making, put, right. connecting the dots and seeing how this makes no sense. Right, right. Um, yeah. Because I want to know who okay, like what sergeant okay for them to go to another address when we have one going on right here when everything's here. They knew that he was over there. What were you messing with her for? If you knew he was at this address, why did you go over there? For 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 twelve grand, that don't even make sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't make good sense at all. So yeah, all three of those cricket cops need to be uh, prosecuted for uh, the dirty the dirty guys that they are. Right. You know, make sticks. That's, That's right. Because the sticks yeah. to beat away dogs and aggressors. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a black thing. I don't know. Maybe white people do that. I have seen white people walking. I don't see them doing that. Right. But that's just a cultural thing that they all do. It is in no way tied to some sort of criminal. Uh, undermined sort of habit that's going to lead them down a path of of uh, of implied danger or evil. So you know, it's just it's just a just a general criminalization of black. Well, I I hope that they just don't. You know, that AG down there. I'm I don't know what to say about him, but I I hope this just doesn't go away. I hear I, that the FBI are still investigating it. I hope they come up with better answers than the police officers who investigated themselves. And I have a lot. Um, I have a lot of things I can say about that AG, but uh, yeah. you know, but what what my personal sentiment is, and all that I can really carry forward about him is to hell with him and his goofy ass mama that raised him and promoted him in the way that she has. You know, th- yeah. th- it's one thing to be very 
proud of your children for having some degree of success. It's something mm-hmm. else to be uh, to be honest about what they built their success on. Yeah. And, and I want, you know, just for a second for um, African-Americans to don't be so upset that her family took the twelve million dollar settlement. That that has nothing to do with what happened yeah. to her. One thing doesn't have anything to do with the other. Yeah. yeah. No. Do I believe that they deserve the no, I believe they deserve more. You mean, twelve million dollars. They is. deserve more. Yeah. yeah. But but right now, and those police officers, I just pray that they don't keep walking on this earth. I just I, not free. Not free. Um and we have to do something about our justice system, our our laws and it is it's crazy. I my daughter was reading the whole um timeline to me after I had sent her the link. I said, read this timeline. And I guess she didn't get a chance to read it when I sent it to her. She woke me up out of my sleep. She said, Mom, does anybody not think that that's crazy that they had three search warrants for properties and then at the at the at the at the last minute they put her address on that warrant to go get signed off? When her address was the only one that was 10 miles away from all the other ones, which were in the same neighborhood, nobody thought that was strange. Yeah. I said, apparently not. It gets you thinking and it lets people know that um, we don't have, we don't have no rights in these streets. <laughs> not when it comes to police officers, whatever they say right. goes. Right. Yeah. You know, they say goes. Even when they shoot people in the back. That's right. I mean, you know, these, you know, and, and I think we should end with this, just this unquestionable, sort of belief in everything they say versus the citizens who are there to witness and see things and what kind of, you know, story they might tell. I mean, you know, the, the people who live in that, you can't serve a, a warrant in a, in a, in a place that small in an apartment complex and adequately knock several times and say that you are the police all those times. And the neighbors not know that. The neighbors didn't know who they were. The neighbors said, "Well, they they said they had a neighbor witness who said that they did announce themselves." Right, right. Announce yeah. themselves, but announce themselves as police officers. Yeah, you know. So, well, you know, I'm still gonna keep going back to this information, and we can go ahead and close it out. If you said she was there by herself, what were you, what were you afraid of? Yeah, knock on the door. You know, knock. knock on the door. That's all I got to say about it. You said she was there by herself. Yeah. So, you know, and on that note, I'll say all lives don't matter until black lives do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll talk soon. All right. Later. All right. Bye.